this gospel of the kingdom shall be spread across the Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. But I want you to remember to support the broadcast. And don't forget those of you that are really uh, serious learners and you're looking to study the word in greater depth. We have the Kingdom Bible University. We, we're going to get on back to the, the series now. And we're talking about kingdom fighting. And under today, we're going to be talking about understanding how Satan operates. Uh, the scripture that we're going to be coming from is Genesis 3, 1 through 7. And I want you to know, each of us as individual, uh, as individuals, we have a responsibility to choose who, we'll, who we will serve and whom we will allow to dominate our lives. We call that free will. There is a battle being raged in heavenly places all the time for the control of your life. And therefore, you have to make the choice. Our lives are moved by one or two things, the words or conversations of God or the words or conversations of the enemy. If God's word uh, is not moving you, then you're already being moved by the devil words. And so you have to you have to watch your thoughts, your internal conversations. If you do not have the word, but but are experiencing unwanted outcomes, troubles, and challenges in your life, it is not because Satan is fighting you. You are merely shadow boxing with yourself. The devil comes only for the word, and if you don't have the word. He doesn't come. See, the very first point of attack that Satan engages in is to make us question the word that we receive from God. He told Eve, did God really say? See, this is why if we do not know the word, he does not attack us. There is nothing to question. The devil's strategy is to remove you from being under your covering and then cause you to get a new vision for your life. One that is after the flesh rather than after the things of God. Today, I want to turn you on to this teaching to help you today on understanding how Satan operates. It's going to bless your life. Your life depends on it. I want you to listen and I'll be right back. Now, I want you to understand if you feel unwanted, you are deceived because there are two primary forces in life and both of them want you. You are so far from being unwanted that it's unrealistic. Satan wants you and God wants you. So now, here is how it works. When you feel unwanted, it's normally because Satan has you. But you say, I still feel unwanted 
So how does Satan have me? That's because he is not a satisfying lover. He wants you, but he can't meet your needs. Now, so he wants you because he wants to shake you down. He just wants to break you up. Now, now, now I want you to I want you to hear me hear me well this morning. He wants you, he just wants to he wants to shake you down, break you up. It's very simple. Very simple. Look at it this way. The devil wants you to think that he doesn't exist. And the devil wants you to think that your thoughts are the creation of your thinking. Rather than him feeding your thoughts with conversation. Now, you've got to understand this. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta. You have to believe in intelligent design. You've got to believe that something greater than you created you. And when you really call yourself deep and intellectual, that should even be a greater indication of how complex he that created you that think you're complex is. Now, I said it last week. A car... Let's not even get that complex. Let's take this chair. Stand up, uh, evangelist. Help me here. Come and come help me too, son. Now lift this chair up, you three, and lift it before the people. Come, come up here and lift this chair up. Now, one, yeah, now get on one side. Now, look at this little swivel chair. Now, what do you think the odds are that you would take this pleather? <laughs> got to, you got to fake it till you make it, baby. <laughs> Listen, so what do you think the odds are? You take this pleather, you take this wood, you take this leveling device, you take this steel, uh, take it for one million years and just shake it up. Do you think out of one of those shakes, that's going to come out? Just take wood, take pleather, take the cushion, take the parts. Do you really think you can take that, shake it up, and get that? No, you don't think that. You don't think that no more than you, than, than you feel like your children can pass their standardized testing just because they want to. You don't believe that. You understand it takes intelligence. Thank you. It takes an intelligent design. So you have to understand that there is someone, whether you acknowledge or choose not to acknowledge, that you must give an account to. Now, this intelligent designer has to be so... Powerful that he has to know how to create, how to communicate with that which he creates. Now, so because he 
creates from the dust of the ground a man, and we know that that's where you came because that's where you return. Now, then he animates him through the breath of life, and then he begins to communicate with him. You and I have to just catch this. This is very basic. It's a time to be born. It's a time to die. Now, you know that. And if we were that sharp and we were that deep, we would have figured out by now, after all, we know how to send a man to the moon. We would have figured out now, by now, how not to die. And all of the sophisticated technology, in all of the intellectual creations, we have not learn how not to die. The Bible says this, it is appointed unto man once to die and then the assessment. Then the judgment. So now, I just want you to get the big picture first and I'm going to get into some smaller details. God desires for you to pass the judgment to such an extent that he becomes man and dwells among you and provides a pathway back to him through his son, Jesus Christ, dying, atoning, and redeeming mankind from their sins when they embrace him and die to themselves. Now, so God is out here wanting you back for salvation. Satan's out here wanting you because he's upset that he can never be saved. So you are caught in a cosmic, seemingly battle, because God doesn't battle with Satan, but you are caught, you are caught in between these two opposing forces, the greater and the lesser, and you've got to have enough wisdom to choose the greater. So now, there is a battle going on in your life for your life. When you are a believer, you are now saved. God not only wanted you, he drew you with his loving kindness. With his loving kindness, he drew you. But now, Satan is a sore loser. Satan had you because you were conceived in sin and born in iniquity, shaping in iniquity. So you had evil propensities from birth because we were born sinners. All had sinned and come short of the glory of God. It's nothing personal. It's something universal. It's not you any worse than anyone else. It's the human condition. That's the reason God had to love the world in order to provide worldwide redemption. So God provides global redemption 
that individuals take advantage of. Now, you're saved if you have a relationship with God. If you're at church, but you don't have a relationship with God, you're just at church. So, the opposing force has you. There's no place called neutral. There's no neutrality, not in the spirit realm. Either you're on God's side or you're on the devil's side. And you can't call yourself on the God's side because you don't want to be on the devil's side. You got to be on the God's side because you qualify to be on the God's side. Are you with me? Because there's a process to get on the God's side. You can't just say, oh, I want to thank Jesus because everything I have, I know where my blessings come from. Hmm, say what you want. I know who brought me. I know who caught me. I know who told me. All that old. That doesn't make you on the Lord's side because you can quake and shake. Now, you, if you are a believer, you are in a battle for your soul. Now, I want you to understand, the devil desires to sift you like wheat. He likes to shake you down till he breaks you down till you renounce your relationship with God and start doing whatever you want to do the way you think you ought to do it. Make your own independent choices with or without God. Now, the Bible says that John 10 and 10, that the thief, that's what he is. Look to your neighbor and say he's a thief. Come on, say he comes to steal everything God has from you. Yeah, yeah, everything God has for you, he comes to steal it. That's what he is. The God that I serve loves you. It is his good pleasure to bless you. He wants to take you places you've never gone. He wants to give you things you've never had. He wants to teach you love that you've never known. He wants to give you everything you lack. But there is an enemy out there that wants to take from you. Oh, Dr. Carson. <clears throat> he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Last week... I told you from the Ezekiel chapter, I told you that how he fell from heaven and what his position was. And, but he got lifted up and he wanted to be like the most high God. And Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning. Now, I want you to get this. Satan wants to be like God. Oh, you're going to think with me this morning. I won't be too long. I won't. Come on, look to your neighbor and say, Satan wants to be like God. So then, here's what he does. In Isaiah 14, uh, it talks about it again. He said, I will exalt my throne above the most high. Or he will, I will be like the most high God. So, <clears throat> Satan knows that you cannot be like God. And so Dr. Carson, what is being like God? Being like God is being sovereign. Okay, 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 let me help you with that. Being like God 
is making your own decisions based on what you want. Whatever you feel, you can do. That's what sovereignty is. God can do whatever he wants to do, when he wants to, to whom he wants to. So now, when you want to be like God, you're being like God when you do what you want to do independent of what God has to say about it. So now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 that Satan is what? The God of this world. Or this world's philosophies. Not the creator of the physical world. He is the God or the principality and the force that is behind the way that unbelievers process and think. Now, he's the same one that's making it very difficult right now for you to stay awake and stay att and pay attention. He's the same one telling you to go to sleep. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. You came to church to go to sleep. You know that's what we do. We don't listen to no preacher. We have our own thoughts. And God knows our heart. And we're going to heaven. And you're going to fry in hell. You better listen. You better wake up. You better wake up. That's the problem. That's the problem. We got motivational speakers. And the only time you can pay attention is when somebody motivating your narcissism. Now watch this. So now watch this. Watch this. Let's get to the text. I know you want to get to the text. So, Satan is fighting you. But, Yolanda, why is he fighting you? Why does the devil fight me? Hold this, Pastor. I'm about to go to work. Why is the devil fighting me? Okay, so the first question I want to ask, is the devil fighting you or are you shadow boxing? Okay, now, here is the question you have to ask yourself. Why would the devil be fighting me? Like, if John were to walk up to me and slap me, I'd want to know before I jack him back up. Man, why you slap me? <laughs> I want to know why you hit me. What was that for? What was that about? I didn't do it. So now, so then here's what all of you that say, oh, I know the devil's fighting me. The devil's on me. I hear people say it all the time. I'm saying, baby, the devil ain't fighting you. The devil, you the devil's best friend. He would never fight you. You just experiencing how he is. You know, when you have an abusive husband, or an abuse, you know, as quiet as it kept, you got a lot of beat down husbands too. Battered husbands. Some statistics say they may even be higher. I know some of the sisters I know are capable. <laughs> they capable of giving some of these brothers a straight up beat down. Now, but now, why 
devil fight you? See, this is what you call the devil. I lost my job. I know the devil on me. Uh, you know, our relationship was going so well, fornicating and everything else. So it was going good. We were getting along, living together and everything. And the devil came between the pure love we had. Now, what, what, what kind of stuff you talking? The devil was the one that put you together. That probably was a God move that broke it up. But no, 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 listen to me, because you, you got to get this. Because you don't know who your enemy is, you don't know how he operates. See, so why would the devil fight you? The devil only fights you for one reason and one reason only. And if you don't qualify for a fight, he doesn't come out to fight you. Let me tell you something. I can think I'm bad all I want to. I can go to a ring, find my way in that ring, put me on some shorts, put me on a spandex shirt, and get out there. And Floyd Mayweather ain't going to never come in that ring with me. Come on, punk. Fight me! Fight me! Look, I can say whatever I want. I don't qualify. Mayweather gonna look at me and laugh. You know why? Because I'm not qualified. I'm, listen, I'm not even worth him sweating. Even though he wouldn't have to sweat. All he had to do is hit me one time and I start running. Oh, oh! <laughs> listen, listen, you know, so... Now, what are you saying, Dr. Carson? I'm saying to you, what you call in the devil ain't the devil. Now, Jesus teaches us this in the scriptures. In Mark 4, he says that the enemy comes for the word's sake. Okay, I'm going to say this again. The enemy comes for the word's sake. If there is not a word, he does not come. Now, I, I want you to hear me. If you don't have the word that is producing God-manifested destiny and purpose in your life, the devil doesn't attack you because he already has you. Because life is moved either by the words and the conversations of the enemy or the words and the conversation of God. That's how life is moving. So if you're not being moved by God's word, you're already being moved by the devil's word. And so if the devil attacks you, that's him attacking his own kingdom and if a kingdom be divided against itself it cannot stand the devil doesn't attack you when you're ignorant or don't have the word well Dr. Carson what am I doing shadow boxing okay so now says that he comes for the word's sake that's all you get the word you get the bird. That's Mark 4. So now, looking at our text, the Bible says that the serpent was the most subtle, craftiest, 
shrewd beast of the field. Now, look to your neighbor and say, the devil's crafty. Come on, say it again. Say he's shrewd. He's sly. He's a deceiver. Now, do you understand what deception is? Most of the times, not, not most of the time, all the time. Like, when you are deceived, you don't know it. And then when you find out, that's when you get pissed. Oh, man, you played me. You just played me. So now you peeved, man. You played me like that. You sold me this car without an engine. told me you was going to go to the bank and do this that and I know he played me I was deceived so I operated off of his conversation he talked so well that I didn't pop the hood <laughs> he talked so well that I didn't start up the car talked so well told me I could take a test drive you want to take it around the corner he had me so convinced I said no that's alright <laughs> Then when he left with my money, the car wouldn't start. And on the card, I didn't even check, and it wasn't even the phone number. I was deceived. Satan is a deceiver. He's subtle. He's crafty. He's sly. He blinds minds that they don't see the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So now here it is. Look at this narrative. God told Adam in Genesis 2, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, the knowledge of good and evil is that which God reserves for himself out of his sovereignty. God says, Adam, I don't want you to be able to, sub uh, to subjectively interpret what is good and what is evil. Then, he says, the day you eat, you're surely going to die. In Hebrew, it's a Hebrew fake, mot de mot, which means you're going to die the death. It's a legal term, like you're going down, you're going down, you bite this, you're going down. So you better not eat this. You're going to go down. You will moat to moat. You will die the death. So Adam is good. Adam never touched that tree because he believed the word. Look to your neighbor said the word. Come on, say the word of God was. Do not eat from that tree lest you surely die. The first word of God given to man was do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or you will surely die. So now, here is the word. Now, here comes the bird. So now, Satan enters into a snake. It's no big thing that he's talking to a snake 
So we don't know how they communicated back then. There wasn't nothing irregular about that. It was a conversation. Now, conversation was this. Did God really say, surely say, that you cannot eat of every tree of the garden? What is, he, what is he challenging? The word of God. Even Adam has an encounter with Satan because they had the word. So now, he goes to an indirect source. Look to your neighbor said, he goes to the congregation, not the pastor. So let's say for sake of 21st century dialogue that Adam is the pastor of a, of a two-member church. And then a bunch of animals. Okay. Now, because he's over it all. Now, his leadership team was Eve. So apostolically, he puts her in training. And he says to her, you see all of this I'm bringing you into, girl? All this, all this is mine. You see that right there, the giraffe? Huh, ask him how his name get to be giraffe. I named him. See that monkey? Ask him why he answered to monkey. I named him. God gave me that authority. I got a lot of authority around here, girl. <laughs> I make a lot of things happen up in here. I make a lot of things happen up in here. You hear me? But now, girl, let me tell you this. There's one thing I can't do. And I can't eat of that tree right there. God said, we eat of that tree, we're going to surely die. Now, when the bird comes, when Satan comes, what does he come from? That right there. He doesn't say, say, he doesn't say hey, what about the animals? Did God say, y'all can't name the animals, y'all can name that? None of that. He says, did God really say you can't eat of any tree of this garden? He questions the word. Now, if, they didn't, if Eve didn't have that word who came from Adam, she wouldn't have never, ever gotten attacked. She got attacked because Satan was attacking the word of God. And I'm telling you, when you get the word of God, you get an attack. You don't have the word of God. You don't have to get attacked because you've already been tackled. Okay, so now. So what, is, what, what, what happens? What happens? Uh, she question, he has her question. The word of God. Thus, he, he says, did he really say? He questioned the knowledge of the word. Did God indeed say this? What happens when you leave here? You hear what God tells the man of God. The man of God tells you the word of God and then you leave here and then you have an attack 
by the enemy. Did God really say that? Did God really say that a man got to be with a man and a woman, I mean a man got to be with a woman and a woman got to be in a man? Did he really say that? Did God say that we have to tithe and did God say that we have to evangelize and disciple people? Did God really say that? So the very first thing he does is he gets you questioning the word. But now, if you don't know the word, he doesn't attack you because there's nothing to question. Which means the devil ain't fighting you, you're just acting the fool. All the enemy, all of my, okay, no, no, come on now. You're just sowing and reaping. You can't eat of every tree? She says, no, no. Then what happens? He says, she says to him, not only can we not eat, we can't even touch it. See, that's what happened when you don't listen to the message. See, let me tell you what happened. When Adam was telling her the part about what she shouldn't do, she was on Facebook. When Adam was telling her the part, she was texting. You know, she was in the, she was in the audio booth talking. She was doing something else, so she missed that part. Now, the part that she missed was the part that cost her life. Because the part that she missed, when she saw that she did that and it had no consequence, she thought she was good to go. God never told her, you cannot touch it. He said, you cannot eat it. Now, the deal is, is that if you touch it, is going to increase the temptation to eat it, but he said, even if you touch it, you got an opportunity to drop it and run. You can put it up to your mouth, and it ain't sin, drop it. But the day you stick it up in there and say crunch, you will mote demote. You will die the death. See, here is the problem. See, you don't understand. Satan is fighting you now only if you have the word. If you don't have the word, he's trying to keep you so oppressed in religion that you never realize that where you are is because you are not where you need to be. Now, Thus, she touches it. See, this is what happens. She touches it. Why? Because he says this. That won't happen. What that preacher said, you're not going to die and go to hell. God is a God of love. That's what's wrong. Who made him God? How he know that's just a man's interpretation. That's just a man's book. That's just the, that's Adam just want to be a controlling husband. He just want to have one thing he can tell you you can't do. You that that you ain't got to listen to that. Got to listen to that. 
You don't let nobody tell you. We love each other. It doesn't matter if we have the same equipment. God loves us. He made us this way. He gave us these thoughts. That's all. That's Paul. Nobody cared what no Paul said about him uh, about uh, being turned over to a reprobate mind, uh, doing things that are unnatural. Men laying with men and women with women. That's a, that's a oh 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 homophobic apostle Paul. Jesus never said anything about same sex marriage discrimination. So that's why I like the Gospels. I don't like them epistles. They pisses me off. The epistles. They epistles me off. Now, so, Jesus doesn't have to bring that up because it's not an issue. That's a tree they didn't touch. Paul brings it up because he goes to the Gentile world where homosexuality is everywhere. The Caesars and all of them, they love doing them little boys. And so Paul is released to the Gentile world who has a whole different set of values. And so he has to give them the word and say that if you continue this, God will give you over to a place where you don't even have the ability to be convicted anymore. He'll give you over to inflamed affections. Now, he comes. Oh, Dr. Carson, that's what I'm saying. I don't know how you go to that church, listen to that man. Every week, man, I need to go somewhere. Hell, life is beating me six days a week. Hell, I need to go somewhere where somebody lift me. Lift me up where I belong. <laughs> you know, now. Then, all through hell, you curse your preacher. Why didn't you tell me? Well, you won't curse me all the way through hell. You may curse, you may be running through hell, but you may tell me, why didn't I listen? It's hard. Why didn't I listen? I'll tell you why you didn't listen. Because when I told you, you had a conversation with Satan. And he told you, you will not surely die. In fact, you will be like God. Look at that. You will be like God. When you eat this, you will be able to decide for yourself what is right and wrong. So if it feels good to you, it's good. If it feels wrong to you, it's wrong. You will be like God. So what happened? She ate. Immediately after they eat, Andrea, immediately after they eat, yo, immediately after they eat, they realize they're naked. And then they're ashamed. See, this is what happens. You don't understand. God word, God's word covers your nakedness and shame. You, you don't understand that. God was trying to keep you away from a reality you had no business knowing about. Because once you saw it, you were going to try to fix what you could not fix. Now, 
So now watch this. They eat. Now they naked. That, all that big drama. For what? Woo. Naked. Well, naked. We've always been like this. Your stuff has always been hanging out. My stuff been always hanging out. There ain't been no problem. All the animals, us, there ain't been no problems up until now. So now, what do they do? They notice differences. Now they start hiding from one another. Because of their differences, they became naked and ashamed. <gasps> You're not like me. Oh, what's that? Oh, no, no. You're not, no. Freely they had been operating without that kind of paranoia, without that kind of shame. They knew they were different. When, when God brought the woman to him, he called a womb man, woman with a womb. But now, once they ate, pride. Because that was at the center of what they wanted. They wanted to be like God. That's how some of you are. You don't read the Bible because you feel like you don't need it. Come on now. You use a navigation system in your car, on your phone, Google Maps and all that because you feel like you need it. When you know where you're going, you don't Google Maps. But when you don't know where you're going, you Google Maps. So you feel like you know you're going to heaven, so you don't need the book. You don't need the map. The book is an atlas. You say, I don't need that. I already know the way. No, I don't know what the Bible say, but I know the way to heaven. How do you know? Because I know the difference between the good of knowledge and evil. How you know that? Because I bit the fruit. So now, so what happened with them, Lynette? Here are the two things and I close. Here are the two things that happened. Their vision changed and they lost their covering. This is, what the, this is what the devil does to the church. He wants you to operate without vision and covering. See, so what did they do? April, what did they do? This, I believe, Jeffrey, is the first works righteousness move. They sold leaves to cover themselves. Because they lost their covering, they worked for their own righteousness. They tried to clothe and cover themselves. What does God say the sign of the end time church would be in Revelations chapter 3, Laodicea? Say they would be wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. That's a lot of deception. Pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And you don't know it and wretched and you don't know it? So then what was the twofold counsel of God? I salve and a, and, and a covering. He said, I counsel you to buy all for me, for your eyes that you may see, and a white garment that you may be clothed. So I'm saying to you, what the devil is trying to do is to get you from 
up under your covering and then cause you to get a new vision. A vision that's after the flesh. Man, was that powerful? I know, Get order it. Order the message in its entirety. But also, don't forget, get a copy of the book, Kingdom Fighting. This book will bless you, man. Listen, this book, in this book, I talk about who is the enemy, understanding how Satan operates, the weapons of the enemy, fighting the devil. It happened to me. Yes, it happened to me. So then what is expected of me? What does the Lord expect me to do when the enemy keeps coming at me? Man, this book will bless you, kingdom fighting. Well, beloved, we're about at that time. I want you to remember to send your questions to Ask the Kingdom Voice Live tomorrow at 12 noon uh, Central Standard Time. I'm going to be answering your theological and biblical questions. And also, my wife and I are going to be answering your relationship questions. And we, man, that's, that, that is one of my favorite platforms where we just get to help you from the heart. And so I look forward to you sending your questions. And don't forget to support the, to support the ministry. Support the ministry. Now, if we're blessing you, don't just keep looking and leaving. Uh, if it's blessing you, support us because we have a staff that's making this happen. And if it's, you know, the Bible says, don't reap where you don't sow. And if you're reaping something, you're getting an impartation, then sow. And when you sow, God will bless you because what you make happen for others, God in turn will make happen for you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you now for the listener. Lord, I pray now for the spirit of giving and generosity because when you're ready to break through and give breakthrough to your people, you cause them to make a sacrifice and sow. You even said in your word, <clears throat> Except the seed fall down to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it falls to the ground and dies, it brings forth much fruit. In order for us to be blessed, we've got to sow seed. And Father, I pray now that your people sow seed on today and support the ministry. And as they do that, God, I pray now that you would meet every need that they have in Jesus' name. Well, listen, I love you so much. I'm believing God to answer every prayer that you have. And don't forget, worship with me tonight at a ministry in a meal, online or on campus, 7 p.m. Listen, it's going to be a glorious time. I'll see you there. Shalom. Hi, beloved. This is Dr. Dana Carson, affectionately known as the Kingdom Voice. You know, I work very, very hard to fulfill the purpose of God on my life and the church's life. And we take this gospel of the kingdom around the world. We're touching lives all over. We're touching lives globally. And I want you to partner with me so that we can do that in a more effective manner. And also that fruit may 
abound to your account. Every time I preach the gospel, that means that you're there preaching it with me because you're providing the necessary support that allows me to reach nations and people all over the world. I need your support. I want you to partner with me. If you click the link, it'll tell you a little bit more about our partner's ministry. But will you partner with me? I want you to be able to say, I partner with Dana Carson Kingdom Ministry, and we take the gospel of the kingdom around the world. Thank you. God bless. The Kingdom Theological Seminary offers a quality yet affordable theological education for those seeking to increase their kingdom biblical knowledge. The Kingdom Theological Seminary is the only seminary of its kind that provides biblical training with a kingdom of God emphasis based on the original context of Jesus, void of the effects of the Romanization, Europeanization, colonization, westernization, and Americanization of the gospel. The Kingdom Theological Seminary is what we consider a disruptive seminary that takes a holistic approach to theological training. KTS is designed to prepare students for actual hands-on instruction that is customized to each learner's need. Oftentimes, when students complete the traditional model of seminary, they are unable to use 85% of the things that they learned in actual ministry. The Kingdom Theological Seminary is designed to prepare the learner for 21st century ministry that is based on your interests and ministry areas of focus. KTS allows you to customize your education to fit your individual ministry needs. You can choose the certification modules or individual classes that can be applied toward your degree. The Kingdom Theological Seminary is truly disruptive. We don't force a set of unusable courses on you and waste your time and money. Instead, each student is able to put together their own cluster of certifications that best fit their ministry needs. The Kingdom Theological Seminary is the seminary of the future and will rapidly secure a space in this 21st century ministry culture. It is designed to meet the needs of a plethora of new non-denominational church fellowships that desire their clergy to be trained in the most effective, efficient, and relevant manner possible, utilizing modern technology and cutting-edge methodologies. For more information about the Kingdom Theological Seminary or to enroll in the KTS waiting list for the fall semester, visit us at ktseminary.com. We are training 21st century kingdom leaders like you at the Kingdom Theological Seminary.